that's the talent is wanting it is the talent is your determination is your motivation because to be motivated is a huge talent because you can't buy motivation. You can't train motivation. If you're motivated, that in itself is going to get you to wherever you need to go. And that is the real talent behind singing as well. Meet Cheryl Porter, a woman whose positive, infectious energy lights up any room, even virtually. Cheryl is a YouTube star and a classically trained opera singer. With her motivational coaching videos and inspirational approach to teaching, she has over 125 million views on YouTube and is considered the top vocal coach and vocal education influencer in the world. In this episode, Cheryl shares the type of talent that matters most, and not just for singers. She talks about finding the same dull vocal exercises 15 years ago, and realizing that if there was no better way, she'd just have to make one herself. She also talks about how the word method was actually something that scared her at first. Yet, by leaning in when she felt challenged, she's been able to grow her business both in person and now online to students in 135 countries and counting. Let's say hello. Welcome to Everything is Teachable, the podcast that takes you behind the scenes to learn how everyday creators have transformed their skills and passions into online courses and businesses. To introduce this week's episode, here's your host, Melissa Guller. Hey everyone, I'm Melissa from Team Teachable, and today I'm so excited to be here with Cheryl Porter. Cheryl is the sole creator of the innovative Cheryl Porter Vocal Method, and she's created over 300 vocal exercises to specifically target and correct vocal flaws, to increase vocal range, and to dramatically improve vocal skills for beginning and advanced singers. Cheryl has given vocal masterclasses and coached students all over the world, from Italy, where she's lived for over 20 years, to Russia, Israel, Poland, Mexico, France, Indonesia, Puerto Rico, Japan, Africa, the Czech Republic. If I read the whole list, it would take the full episode. It's absolutely astounding. Cheryl has coached singers who have performed on The Voice, X Factor, America's Got Talent, All Together Now, Italy's Got Talent, Eurovision, and more. And she's also a vocal coach for the Italian trio Il Volo. So Cheryl, welcome to the podcast. Hey, sweetheart. Thank you for having me. I can't wait to learn more about you, and I'm so excited to share your story with our listeners. So to get things started, I know we heard your bio, but how did you first get into singing? You know, I started getting into singing, and thank you, sweetheart, for having me here. And hello to everybody at the Teachable Podcast. What's up, instructors, (laughs) innovators, creators? I'm so happy to be a part of this group, and thank you so much for having me. You know, I guess my story is like a lot of other people, other creators' stories. You know, you get to a point in your life, and you realize that music is the only thing, or that special thing is that thing that makes you happy, that makes you feel useful. 
that point in your life where you feel like you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. And I had that feeling when I was young, when I was in school, you know, I used to sing in the choir, but I never thought that I had a, a beautiful voice. I never thought that I was like a solo singer. And, you know, one day my teacher came to me and she said, sure, you know, I want you to audition for the musical Dream Girls. And I'm like, are you crazy? Ain't nobody going to audition for Dream Girls. I have that kind of voice. I can like do a little humming a little bit, but <laughs> it's not like I have that kind of voice. And she said, well, why don't you give it a try? And so I gave it a try. And she said, listen, you know, I don't know whoever told you that you're not a soloist, but you are a soloist. You have a beautiful voice and we want you to do the role of Dream Girls. Now, it's not like the Dream Girls are like with, with Jennifer Hudson Dream Girls. It was a high school production of Dream Girls, but still to me at the time, it was like Broadway. And it was a great opportunity. And the thing is, I never thought that I was a great singer. And I never even thought that I was a good singer, Melissa. And I think the reason why I love coaching so much is that somebody came along in my life at one point and they said, no, baby, you're good. No, baby, you got talent. You can do this. And my whole coaching philosophy is to help people to realize just how talented they really are. That's incredible. And I know that your singing career took off. And then at what point did you start teaching others how to sing? I never wanted to teach. That's a crazy thing. It's like I, I was just happy being a singer. You know, I have a great career. I mean, I moved to Italy about 25 years ago to study opera. And, you know, I've done a lot of great things, you know, with Pavarotti, with Bono, with Andrea Bocelli, a lot of great performers and sing for the Pope, the Vatican. I mean, I've done a lot of really cool things, you know. And when you do concerts and you do tours and things like that, when you meet people after shows and people write you emails, the thing is that they always ask, you know, do you give voice lessons? Will you teach me how to sing? And I always said, no, I don't. No, I'm not a teacher. No, I'm a performer. I've always been, I used to be one of those like annoying performers that everybody hates. The one that's like, oh, I'm a performer. I don't teach. I only perform, you know, like the ones that I can't stand now. And it's like, I realized that I didn't want to teach, but it was a strong feeling in me that I didn't want to teach. And usually when I have a strong feeling that I don't want to do something, and that's for everybody here, that really is the thing that you're supposed to do. So if you feel strongly about something that you're supposed to do it, or if you're not, if you don't want to do it, that's like a signal of something that moves inside of you that you're supposed to do. So my husband, he came to me one day and he said, sure, you know, listen, you should really think about teaching. Why do you always say no? Why do you always say no to the people that's asking you to teach? And I'm like, because you know, I'm a performer. I'm not a teacher. And, and the truth of the matter is, Melissa, I was afraid to teach because teaching is the biggest responsibility that anyone can have. So a great teacher can change your life. A bad teacher can absolutely ruin your life. And I was afraid of ruining somebody's life. I didn't want somebody saying, you know, well, I went to Cheryl Porter to help me and, you know, she didn't help me. And it's such a huge responsibility because I think about my teachers and the teachers that have helped me. And I never thought in a million years that I could be the great teacher that my teachers were. I never thought that I could fill their shoes in any 
in any capacity. And that was the reason why I strayed away from teaching for so long. I was always very, very vocal on like YouTube and very vocal on my page about criticizing bad teachers. You know, I've got a couple of videos like the 10 worst voice teachers in the world. You know, I've done like a lot of rants and things like that on, on my YouTube channel, criticizing voice teachers. And my husband said, listen, if you want to change, you know, stop criticizing and do something about it. If you want to criticize these teachers and you need to become a better teacher. And that's what I did. And here we are today, Melissa. Hmm. I think that's such great, powerful advice about if it's the fear of doing something that's holding you back or the fear of the responsibility, then that's probably something to look into because I think having that healthy amount of fear is good. It shows that you care. It shows that you would want to put the investment and time into being a great teacher, but you're so right. It is so big. And you said it in a perfect way. You know, a great teacher can make a huge impact, but a bad teacher, I mean, that could ruin singing or any topic for anyone. Anything. It can ruin you. Hmm. Absolutely. I also think that when you talked about people asking you to teach and how you kept saying no, I think that's an interesting signal that I wonder if maybe listeners can relate to where as you start to do something again and again and people start to notice, a lot of times they will start to ask you do you teach this? Do you do that? And if you start hearing it enough, maybe that's a signal in your own life that you should at least consider it or try it out. For sure. For sure. I'm a firm believer that people see things in you before you can see them in yourselves. And even, and I see that as it comes back from being a performer, you know, it's like I would, you know, maybe do a song in one of my concerts that I thought was like, not a big deal, you know, like a really simple song that was nothing special. And that would be like the song that would get like the most applause and maybe something that I thought a performance that was really, really great or something special. Maybe that's the one that would go like unnoticed. So you really have to take clues from when people are telling you things, the clues that are coming from the outside, because that's people in the universe seeing something in you that you never thought that you would see in yourself. Mm, That's a good point too about the songs in which get the most applause. I think no matter how expert we are in our field, none of us are psychic. And I think a lot of people, musicians maybe especially, are surprised by which songs go on to become hits or which don't. You just never know. You never know. You never know. And even with things when you're creating, you never know what's going to strike that note in people. Even if I look right now at my YouTube channel, the most viral videos on my channel are the videos that I thought nobody would give like two cents for. I mean, they're like the ones that like threw together, like in five minutes, the ones like, okay, yeah, let's just put this on. There's no big deal. You know? And those are the ones that really, really got a lot of people's attention. You never, never know what chord you're going to strike in people, what emotion that's going to give to people. So it's really important. (laughs) Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about your YouTube channel. So at what point did you start your channel? Well, you know, my channel has been there for a while, but it was like basically empty. So I wasn't putting anything on the channel because I was so busy on tour. You know, singing has been, being on tour has been like my life for like the last 
20 years. I'm always on the road. I have a nice house in Italy, but I'm never, never there. You know, I've slept in more hotels than I have in my own home. Since this COVID thing, this is the first time I've actually been able to stay in one place. And it's like kind of crazy because I'm not used to being home. But since I am used to working wherever I am and I make home wherever I am, you know, I've just been so used to being on the road. So I wasn't investing a lot of time into the channel at all. And then, you know, I started doing some coaching, you know, on my free time when I wasn't on tour. It was very tiring, Melissa, because, you know, sometimes I would get back from out of the country and two days later I would have to coach. And it it wasn't easy, I'll tell you that, because once you get off the road, the only thing that you want to do, honey, is hit the bed, go to sleep, <laughs> get some ice cream, like watch some Netflix, watch TV. And instead, you know, I, I made that decision that I had to help these singers. And so when we finally got a chance, you know, to do something on the page, my husband, my husband Guido, he said, let's just start putting some content on your page. You got to put some stuff on your page, just record. And the thing is, it's been like maybe like a year a year, not even a year and a half that I actually started dedicating just a little bit of time to my YouTube channel. And all of my last videos that have been maybe like in the last 14 months. And it's been crazy because in 14 months, like the channel has gone from like 30,000, not even, I was like like 25,000 to almost 3 million subscribers and it's grown very fast, you know, and it's really a signal from people that, you know, say, listen, your videos touch us. They're doing something for us, but not that long. The whole thing with the, the, I've been teaching for a while, but I haven't had time to really dedicate to put in the content until the last year. Mm -hmm. And that growth is absolutely incredible. Do you know how people are finding you or how has your audience grown? I don't, your guess is as good as mine. It's <laughs> <laughs> a million dollar question. <laughs> because of me, I had, I've never done any paid ads on YouTube. I mean, all of that is organic. I don't even know how to do a paid ad on YouTube. So it's all organic. It's just people that a lot of people have shared my videos. So I know it's been shared by a lot of different, different companies and, um, different channels and music channels and teaching channels and just a lot of feel good channels. So it's like, it's really cute because at the bottom of my pages at the bottom of my videos, like the same people that like Sarah Porter videos are like the same people who like the heartfelt videos, you know, like the videos of like people who like love animals, people who, who love um, nature, people who love. So it's really nice to know that whatever these videos are bringing is bringing some kind of nourishment to people and it's making people feel wholesome. And that's the thing that I, I'm really pleased about it. Mm, I love that. And I think it's important too that when you create good, helpful, positive content, I think people love to share that as well. I think we often yeah. see negative vibes on the internet, but I know when I see a really helpful video, if I think a friend would love it, I send it to them immediately. Yeah. And so your videos all fall into that category. Thank I just feel you, like Melissa. you're, Thank you're you. so helpful. And I'm excited for our listeners to check you out. And I also want to ask, I think part of your background that we just kind of barely touched on is the fact that you've been in Italy and you've been even teaching like young Italian singers. And I know from some of my research that 
I think probably this misconception applies to some of our podcast listeners today, that people in Italy must only listen to classical music. But in fact, your young singers want to learn how to sing like Beyonce and all of these modern artists. So can you talk a little bit more about what you've noticed maybe about music and culture, especially outside of the U.S.? Absolutely. Well, you know, I've been living in Italy for 23 years, but I've been as a coach and as a singer to about 30 countries. So I've performed, you know, in Singapore and in Bali and in the Maldives. I've been to Israel. I've been to Mexico. I've been everywhere, UK, Germany, France, Switzerland. I mean, you name it, I've been to so many different countries. It's ridiculous. And the reason why I moved to Italy is because I also, coming from my opera training and coming as an opera singer, I always imagine Italy as the headquarters for everyone listening to classical music, you know, and I went to Italy and I thought I would only hear like Verdi, Bellini, Puccini. And I had no idea that they had such a strong love for international music. And the thing about American music is that it's everywhere. Even when I was in Russia, these kids are killing it. They're like going nuts. They just, you know, in Japan, they're killing it. It's incredible because, you know, the kids now, music is available to everyone. And me being a lover of classical music, in in a way, I hate the fact that I love classical music, more, Italian opera more than most Italians, and that I know more about Italian opera than most Italians. That's kind of sad to me because it's sort of the way of, of some American art forms, you know, like we're losing blues, you know, we're losing some forms of jazz, we're losing some of our folklore songs, we're losing some of our songs. And that is the same thing that is true in, in Europe and Italy as well. So it's it, it's very interesting to see that migration of, of culture and how it is becoming worldwide somewhat of a monoculture in some ways for modern music because American music, English music has become sort of like a, a point of reference for a lot of singers. And it's really great. But at the same time, I just want to make sure and I I hope that people never forget the importance of the culture because music is culture. And to make sure that we we love our Russian folklore, we love our Mexican folklore, that we love our American folk songs and the songs of the people as we go and migrate into international songs and to be as eclectic as possible, to never, you know, just stick to one style. But to get back your question. I mean, music is is music everywhere. It's that language that unites us all, Melissa. You go places and, you know, people don't speak a word of English, honey, and they will sing like a Beyonce song with like not even any accent. You know, they'll go and they'll (laughs) sing like a Michael Jackson song and they're like from uh, one of the islands, a remote island somewhere, and they're singing Michael Jackson and they're singing all of these songs. And it's just incredible to see how music brings people together. Mm -hmm. There is something so universal about music. And sure, there are words, but the melody, the way that it's instrumented, just the feeling you get from music is far beyond a single language. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I wonder too, I know that you teach and reach people in 
many different languages. You're speaking to a very international audience. So how are you able to communicate with so many people who speak so many different languages? Well, you know, I love languages. My course has been it has been bought now 135 different countries are taking the share of port of vocal method. Wow. So we're up to 135. After the first week, we were already 111 countries. Now we're 135 countries. And so pretty soon we'll be like in every country in the world. And it's crazy. So, and you know, the thing that I think is that the music is that unites us. I speak and can read and, and sing because of my classical training, all the romantic Romantic languages, so that's French, German, Italian, and Latin. Not well, French is like horrible for me, but it doesn't sound like jibber jabber to me. I can sort of make something out because as an opera singer, you have to understand all the romantic languages. But it's the music that unites us. It's the music that unites us. I have a very international staff. So on my staff, you know, there are people that speak that are fluent in Spanish. I have um, fluent in Arabic. I have fluent in uh, Italian. I have fluent in French. I have someone who's fluent in German. So the people behind the method, we're pretty international group of folks. And so we can reach out to people and try to make them feel included. But I need Russia. I need Russia <laughs> because Russia and I have someone also who's from Japan, but the one that um, I'm missing, I need someone on my staff who speaks Russian. So if you have any singers out there, there, <laughs> any, any Russians who want to be on staff, well, you know, the Russian is what we're missing. But we try to be as in international as possible because the method is so international. We have, you know, a lot of people are from America, but the rest are from all over the world. Hmm, that's incredible. And I want to talk more about your online course. But first, I have to ask what I feel like might be a burning question from listeners, which is for anyone interested in learning how to sing, does it require genetic innate talent or can anybody learn? I truly believe, and I'm speaking from my own experience, if, if you know what the talent is, because, you know, I hear that on YouTube a lot, you know, there's like this commercial of this guy and he's always like, you can learn to sing, talent is not important. You can learn, talent is not important. But the truth is the talent is not in the instrument itself. The talent is your passion. Your talent is your desire. That is the talent that you have to have to sing. So it doesn't mean that you have to be genetically predisposed to singing, that you have to come from a musical family or have vocal cords. If you love it, that is already a talent. Your passion is a talent. Everything that drives you, your soul, that is talent. And if you care enough to become better, you can most definitely become a great singer. You can improve your voice. And I'm speaking for myself. Nobody ever thought in a million years, Melissa, that I could be a singer. Nobody, not even my teachers, not even my friends, my family. They, my mother wouldn't even let me sing in the house. Whenever like comes, she'd be like, shut up, Cheryl, quit making that <laughs> noise. And I, I'm the last person in the world that somebody would think would become a singer, let alone a vocal coach. But it was my passion. You know, it's like, I've had, you know, a lot of friends that I went to, to college with and I went to high school with amazing singers, incredible singers. I'm telling you, I'm from Chicago and believe me, honey, you know, these people in Chicago can sing and they can do nothing else. These people in Chicago can sing. 
but I wanted it more than anyone, I believe. I think that that's the talent is wanting it, is the talent is your determination, is your motivation. Because to be motivated is a huge talent because you can't buy motivation. You can't train motivation. If you're motivated, that in itself is going to get you to wherever you need to go. And that is the real talent behind singing as well. Hmm, I love this so much. I know you said you can't buy motivation, but I'm buying what you're selling right now. I feel like <laughs> this reframing yes. the talent, though. I think yes, that's so girl. awful. Yes, yes. I'm literally like, I'm like writing notes. I'm like, this is everything. Get it, girl. Get in the spirit. Yes. <laughs> oh, I think it's so incredible to hear, though, that the talent is the drive, the determination, the passion, because that's, that's something it. that if you want it, like, you can go, you can you learn, can you can find it. courses. Yes, that is the talent. That's where a lot of people get confused where they say, oh, I'm not so talented. Like, listen, the voice, you can fix it. You can improve it. There's nothing that good vocal technique cannot fix. And I am a witness of that. Honey, I've had some singers come to me who were the most, you would never think, I'm serious, Melissa. You would never think that they would have what people consider to be talent for singing talent. And they are on tour. They are doing concerts. I have some kids, some people some who start off with kids who are now adults that are doing things on Broadway, who are doing things, musicals, background singers from here. And they are people who no one would have thought that they could have become singers just like me. You know, they had parents who were like, oh, you're not going to make it. Parents who are very discouraging parents who um, never wanted them to take singing seriously. And for myself, you know, I can always feel my students' pain because when they said, well, my mother doesn't believe in me. I was like, well, my mama doesn't believe in me either. She, my mother just started believing in me like five minutes ago. So, <laughs> so 20 years later and five minutes ago, we're there. Exactly. Exactly. So it's like, you still have to do it regardless of if someone believes in you or not. And that's where that determination and that real drive and that fire comes in. Because the thing is, if you don't do it, there's going to be like that aching for the rest of your life. And the thing about singing is you don't necessarily have to, you know, I never sang in my life and said, okay, I want to win a Grammy. If it happened, it happened. I know I always wanted to be the best singer that I could be, but there's so much music everywhere. There's so many different musical careers, singing careers. You know, a lot of people, when they think you want to become a professional singer, all they see is just maybe like the Shawn Mendes. They think that's like the only singer, or they see Sam Smith. That's like the only singer that exists, or they see Selena Gomez, or they see Ariana Grande. That's less than a, a, a percentage of of a percentage of a percentage of 1% of the singers in the world who are making great livings, who are having a great time, who are touching people's lives, who are making a difference and who are helping people with through song and through singing. So people have to really realize that if you can tough it out, if you can tough, toughen out the the criticism, if you can toughen it out when your parents says, I'm not going to pay for your lessons, if you can toughen it out when people say, oh, you suck, if you can toughen it out when people say, um, you're never going to make it, if you can make it through all of that, then you're probably going to make it as a singer or anything else that you choose to do. But you've got to make it through a lot of criticism and a lot of people telling you that you can't do it before you get to the point that you're actually doing it. Mm-hmm. I love too that you point out that I think there's a big difference between 
having a job and being famous. And you don't need to have both in order to have a very fulfilling life, career, pursuit of music. I think that's such an important thing to distinct between those two. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's talk more about your online course. So at what point did you decide, I'm going to do this, I'm going to make an online course? Well, the SharePoint of Vocal Method has been in existence for about 15 years, to be honest. So about 15 years ago, when I decided to start actually coaching, let's say maybe like 12 years ago, um, I started looking for vocal exercises online. And I hated everything that I saw. I was like, this stuff is so boring. I was like, oh my God, who wants to sing to this stuff? And everything that I found when I was looking for singing tools was horrendous. Or you find the same like five exercises everywhere. And it's like, all of these years have passed. I love bel canto as much as anybody else, but you've got to do something. There has to be something to better train voices than these five rinky dink old exercises that you guys have been pushing down singers' throats for freaking centuries. You know, we need something hip, we need something new, and more so something that really delves into fixing and correcting vocal flaws. So when I started looking for stuff, I was like, okay, this stuff sucks so bad. I'm just gonna have to write my own vocal exercises. And that's what I did. So I started writing exercises to correct vocal flaws and to help singers different warm-ups, different songs. And I created my own exercises. Now at the time I I didn't know that I was creating a vocal method. I have no idea. I was just writing little melodies and writing exercises. I didn't know that it was something that was revolutionary. I didn't know that it was something that was innovative. I just was writing something for me, for students and for people that were asking for lessons so they could have something and to keep them engaged. And then an Italian singer, her name is Veronica Granatiero. She she was one of my students, fantastic opera student. Oh my God, she's a famous opera singer in Italy now, just fantastic. And she said, Cheryl, when are you going to write a book of your vocal method? And I said, what vocal method? She said, well, this is a method that you have. This isn't just exercises. You're actually creating a method. And I was like, really? And it made me think about that. And I was like, well, maybe it is a method. And it was that word method kind of scared me because it just was a word that I never thought of that I could do. I never thought that I was actually creating a method. And so she put that in my head. I continued to do master classes, continued to write a whole lot of different vocal exercises and things like that. Then I had an idea to do a book, a vocal exercises book to do some CDs. But this was many years ago when people actually use CDs to let you know how old this idea of this method actually is. And then, um, A young girl, her name is Genesis, and she works for me now, actually. And she came to me for a lesson, and she came to me and she said, "Um, my name is Genesis Quinones. And she said, listen, Cheryl, I've listened and I've tried every vocal method that there is out there. I've done this one. I've done this. I've done that. I've done this. Every vocal method that's online, I've done it. And just watching the free videos that you put on YouTube, there is nothing and nobody 
in the world that has a vocal method as efficient, as fun and effective and all encompassing of all musical styles as your vocal method. She said, if you do a vocal method and you put it online, you're going to become the number one vocal coach in the world. And this also scared me. She told me this and I was like, number one vocal coach in the world. Come on, get out of here. You know, because I know a lot of different vocal coaches and things. I was like, there's no way that could happen. Then I saw another time. And when she told me this, that also kind of bothered me. It's like, it like sort of got under my skin. It's sort of like, you know, one of those things was like fear. It was like, like a touch of anger, but it moved something in me that, like I told you before, when I get that feeling, when I'm like, get kind of upset or annoyed, that's like, Cheryl, they're pushing some buttons that you wanted to push, but now they're being pushed. So what are you going to do about it? And the next time she saw me, she said, Cheryl, have you thought about it? Are you going to do it? Trust me. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. Then I saw a third time. And because she, I auditioned her to become one of my background singers. And so Genesis said, you know, well, Cheryl, have you thought about it? I said, Genesis, listen, I would love to do this, but you know, I need a hand in getting everything organized. You know, I need to do some, some market research, see how everything is structured. And she's like, listen, you already have everything. You already have a method. All you have to do is do some videos and put it out there and see how it goes. But since I am a perfectionist, I wanted to do it in a certain way. So about a year and a half ago, I started actually organizing as if I was going to do an online course, how many lessons I wanted it to be, how many courses I wanted to start from the beginning, um, what exactly I wanted to do. And it became what we see now. It took a year and a half to do, to actually create the videos, the audio, I wrote so many new exercises for the online course because I have so many exercises out there already for people that are free. And I never thought anybody would like buy these courses. You know what I mean? So it's like you're doing something that you love and you don't realize how important and impactful it is to people's lives. And that is such a great thing that people would actually pay to have those things. And since I put so many free videos out and I'm going to continue to put free videos out forever, I wanted to write for the new course, all exercises that had not been previously published. So I started writing new exercises for different levels and things like that. And so it's maybe like a year, but it was, it was taking a while to get here because I've been thinking about doing this course for years, but this, what we see now, the actual SharePoint online course, let's say it's been in the making of what we see now for about a year and a half. I think it's helpful to hear you talk about that though, because I think for maybe new course creators, it's hard to see that a really in-depth course like yours, where you've got years of a method to turn into an online course, it can take a long time to create something. And especially because you want to do it right. And on top of that, you already had the proof that what you do works. So you can invest that kind of time to make a course because you already know people like what you're putting down. Yeah. Thanks, Melissa. I believe that too. And I think a lot of people can realize, you know, what you love to do, what you really love to do, that's what you're supposed to do. It's not like the thing that you think is just a hobby. That's actually your calling. Mm -hmm. I think that this has been a very inspirational interview overall. I know I'm feeling very excited about pursuing, you know, things that I love as well. I'm I want to hear more. Yeah, it's important today. I think a lot of us, uh, you know, I want to actually talk a little bit about 2020. This has been a really hard year for yeah, a lot girl. of people. So, with so much going on in the world right now, I first want to ask 
How has it had an impact on your life and your business? Well, you know, it's crazy because our method came out right at the beginning of the lockdown. So it's really, it's really kind of strange, Melissa, because when my husband and I left Italy, Italy only had 50 cases of COVID. So I'm, I'm a singer, so I'm a hypochondriac by nature. So it's like, <laughs> even anything like with the sniffles, I'm like, oh my God, I got the sniffles, you know? And then, oh my God, I got a headache. I'm gonna lose my voice. You know, it's like anything that's talking, you're talking about a virus or something that's spreading. I'm going to freak out. You're like, so I'm out. When, <laughs> I'm out of here. So when they were talking about the first cases in Italy, the first cases they had like 10 cases, then it went up to 20 cases. When it got to 50 cases, I was, and I was working on the method. We were in the last days of the method. And I'll tell you, honey, this method, girl, I'm telling you, this, this method has been a test because also during the COVID, the first person that was doing the method was Italian and they dropped out, you know, the two days before the, the, the method was supposed to come online, his city in Italy was so hardly hit that he didn't finish the website. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Then we got someone else to do the website. Then they dropped off, dropped out as well. I mean, this whole thing with this COVID had a huge impact on the timing of the method and also the perfecting of the method. Also, not to mention the fact that, you know, the world is just facing something that we've never faced before. And it, it was really interesting to, to do something in, in this time of crisis to also do something that I felt would bring people joy while they're in the house, you know? And the first thing I told them is like, listen, don't get discouraged. When is the next time you're just going to have a few months to do whatever the heck you want to do, to be able to concentrate on your studies? See, how many times have you said, oh, I wish I could just relax? How many times have we said that? How many times have we said, I just wish I had time to do this? I wish I had time to do this. I wish I had time. So it was also something to give people a way to say, listen, now is the time, you know, now's the time to study. Now is the time to get yourself together. You've always said that you want to do it. Now do it. It's no excuses. Now is the time. Also, you know, I wanted to make the course available to everyone. You know, I wanted to keep it at a price that everyone could afford so that people could have it in, 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 in Mexico and Bangladesh, in China, in Israel and Russia and the States. So it wouldn't be something that would really way too heavily. They say, okay, I want to do this, but this is something I'm going to do while I'm on lockdown. So it's been really interesting. It's been a really difficult time, but at the same time, it's beautiful to see a method just bloom and blossom out of such a difficult time for humanity, for seniors and for the world. And if I, you go on YouTube and you go on Instagram, it's so cool because, you know, they always say, you know, I'm so glad because you've been keeping me company during the lockdown. You've given me inspiration, something to do. So it's all about how you, you, you use the time. How about you change, how you take something terrible and turn it into a blessing, how you take something difficult and make it work in your favor. And everybody can do that if we have the strength and patience to look at the good side of every bad side. And there is always a good side to every bad side. It is. We don't always want to realize it, but unfortunately it's just the truth. And so I'm just glad that I was there for them. I'm glad that because the Lord knows they were there for me. And so I, I, I love it. I love the community that we've created 
created and during this difficult time. And we, we've created a family in the difficult time. People have become closer through music. Mm-hmm. It sounds like in some ways the timing maybe was helpful for a lot of people. Maybe more people had time to learn how to sing because the circumstances are, you know, really tough. But like you said, you have to kind of find the positive in situations. And if you're stuck at home, a positive could be finally pursuing something you've always wanted to. Yeah. Yep. I believe that. Yes. Mm -hmm. We at Teachable have seen that a lot of courses are really thriving. People want to learn. And a lot of people are creating their own online courses too. So it's obviously a hard time and I don't want to downplay that, but it does seem that people who are looking for opportunity to learn or to share their knowledge are doing that now more than ever. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's the, it's the time. Everything is shifted. You know, everything is shifted to online and it's great for people to say, Hey, listen, I don't have to buy a store. I don't have to pay rent. I can do this business from home. I don't need to buy employees. You don't have to pay employees. I can do this. I don't have to buy a setup. I can do it at home. And so it's made a lot of things before that weren't available available to people. And it's incredible. Mm -hmm. And speaking of shifting to online, what are some of the differences between teaching in person with some of your students and then how you translated that into an online course experience? Well, I tried to make the course as personable as possible. So as I was doing the course, I actually feel like I'm talking to my student who's in front of me. So it's not cold. It's not theoretic. There's a lot of theory in it, but it's presented in a very friendly way as if you're talking to the person directly. So I wanted the course to feel as personable as possible because, I mean, really, when I was recording it, I felt like someone was sitting in my chair. I truly did. Like I was actually talking to my students. I didn't feel like I was making a video, not in the least. And so I have a a big connection with my students. I love my students. They all call me mama. I all call them baby because they're (laughs) my babies. And I love them so much. Lord knows that I do. And we have a great relationship. And the thing that I wanted the online courses to feel is that mama's here, you know, it's online, but I'm, 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 just as real on this online course as if we were in person. Now with everything going on, I will probably maybe get back to doing one-on-one course lessons, coaching eventually, but we have to see when that's going to happen, how that's going to happen. But it's, it's I, I hope the thing that I've heard from most of the students is that, oh my God, I feel like Cheryl is here with me. And if the student can say that, someone who's bought the course say, oh my God, I feel like you're here with me, then that's most definitely a win. That means that it's a success. It's a success. Mm, I love that advice. Even the feeling like you were just sitting to somebody talking in a chair in a room with you. I feel like maybe other course creators can embrace that too. And just imagine you're talking to one person and helping yeah. them out. Absolutely. It's hard, I think, in the world of online to 
maybe picture that person on the other end. I think it's often yeah. just this like faceless world of likes or comments on social media. But yeah. I think if you make it tangible, think of maybe a past client you've worked with or one of your favorite students and just kind of talk right to them. I feel like that's such a great way to feel like a real human and build a real relationship. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's all about being authentic and being yourself. One thing about doing anything online, if it's YouTube, Instagram, selling courses, is that you have to be comfortable with yourself. So if you're not comfortable with yourself and and all of your good sides and bad sides and all of your good things about your personality and all of your flaws and everything that you, if you're not comfortable with yourself, people can feel that discomfort. And the most important thing is to is to feel like you're yourself that you're talking to someone and be and be comfortable in your own skin. And it's not about it's about the information as well, but it's the way that that information is given because you know we know information is everywhere. You know you can go online and you can get stuff. You know you can get stuff from if it's from physics to chemistry to singing or zumba or dance or crocheting, but the art of teaching is to present it in a way that is interesting, that you love it. That's the passion for you. And that also comes with you being comfortable with yourself and your knowledge is being comfortable with yourself and, and knowing that you have something to give and you can only have something to give if you feel comfortable with yourself. Mm-hmm. And I love too, that this advice is not see what other people are doing and try to be as you see. Instead, it's figure out who you are, communicate in a way that feels good to you and just be yourself. And that's what will ultimately come across to people. Yeah. It's got to be authentic. It's got to be all you. Mm -hmm. I think it's hard to do because I think it's inevitable that we look around and we try to compare ourselves to what other people are doing. But I think there's always opportunity for you to be the one who's doing it differently and doing it in your own way. Absolutely. And people want authenticity and they want something that's unique. They want you, you know, even as a vocal coach, I said, listen, don't try to sing this song like Beyonce because nobody's going to do it as good as Beyonce. Do it in your style. Then it's going to be your style and it'll be your best style. Don't try to copy singers. Be your own style. You know, learn from singers, learn from them. But at the end of the day, you have to take everything that you've learned and bring your own style to it. Put your own twist on it. And that's what's going to make that connection with people because it's coming from you, not a copy of a copy of a copy of that and a copy of that, because it just comes off feeling so fake and cold. You know what I mean, Melissa? It just comes off being as something that's read and not felt. And Mm -hmm. I think people, and for me, I'm telling you, I'm speaking from my own experience because even though I'm a singer, even though I'm used to doing interviews, even though I'm used to being on stage with thousands of people, still, when I first started doing videos, it's like, oh my God, as soon as the video started, started rolling, I'm like, oh my God, I could be like my heart, like drop. like, oh my God, the camera's (laughs) rolling. (laughs) It was like, and I was like, Cheryl, come on, like get out of here. It's like, just be yourself. Just talk to the camera as if you're speaking, you know, to anybody. But it took me a while to get to actually 
being myself on camera, actually being at ease. You know, I've done a lot of videos and they've done well and helped a lot of people. But <laughs> when I listened to them, I could tell I wasn't necessarily at ease. And um, it takes a while to get there. You know, it's the same with anything. You have to practice. You have to get better at it once you feel it's not working. Like, okay, what's wrong? Why? What are you thinking about? What's what's not what's not working? What what is your purpose? What is your and sometimes you just need to take a breath, start over again, and try to find your voice. Once you find found your voice, it's done. It's done. You you don't have to do anything else. Once you found that connection and you found your voice, you found your way. It's a wrap. But I think a lot of people are still struggling to find what their actual voice is. I don't think it's a coincidence, maybe that people struggling to find their voice, being authentic, you have to practice. Like That's advice you could give singers, you could give course creators, and just that need to practice and (laughs) to take a breath. I mean, that's advice for anybody. And I love that you pointed out that even when you turn on the camera for the first time, there's that like, well, what am I doing? And all (laughs) of us feel that. And then 15 years later, everything looks effortless. But at first, we all feel that discomfort of learning something new. For sure. For sure. Well, we're having to wrap up soon, even though I feel like I could just chat on and on and on with you about <laughs> Me this. But too, I would love to know just is there anything we haven't covered yet or any last words of wisdom or inspiration for our listeners? I just appreciate the call. I appreciate you and in, including me to, to speak with you and to just talk about my life and just about my journey. And I just want people just to be inspired, be motivated. Just know that even if you have an idea to do something and you feel like it's not important, it is the smallest idea may seem like it's not a big deal to you because it came from you, but it could make a world of difference to so many people. What comes easy to us may not come easy to the rest of the world. And that's why a lot of times we think that, oh, it's no big deal. Oh, you know, because it may come easy to us. So I just hope that creators, listeners, singers, everyone can just take inspiration to use your gift, use your passion, try to change people's lives, try to make an impact. Each of us, every day we wake up and you can touch somebody's life. And it could be just through a smile. It could just be by a good morning. It could just be by asking someone, how are you doing today? It could just be, you know, sending an email, making a phone call, just that reaction. Even a lot of people now, they feel like they're just all alone in this world. You know, even if you're six feet away, holla, how you doing, sweetheart? Keep strong. God bless. Looking good. Just every day, wake up, try to make a difference in someone's life. And each day that we wake up, we can do it. It could be on a small scale. It could be on a big scale. But it's those little, little special things that we do every day that will make a difference in someone's life. And then they're going to be nice to someone else. And then that person is going to be nice to someone else. And we can keep this love going, keep the knowledge going, keep the information going, and continue to teach, continue to teach Life is teaching. We're all born teachers. We just have to figure out what it is we're born to teach. Mm, Well, Cheryl, it's no doubt to me that you were absolutely born to teach. It's been such an honor having you on the podcast. And just to send us out, where can people find you and learn more? 
Well, Share Porta Vocal Coach is the YouTube channel. There's a lot of nice videos there. And Cheryl Porter, www, it's not www, but it's CherylPorterMethod.com is the website of the vocal course, Share Porter Vocal Method, and Share Porter Diva on Instagram. And there's a lot of good stuff out there. I hope people get inspiration from it. Mm, I know they will. And we'll include links in the show notes. So Cheryl, Thank just you, Melissa. once again, it's been such an honor, such a pleasure to have you. And I hope that listeners enjoy this as much as I did. Melissa, you are just a sweetheart and I had a ball and continue to do all these great things that you are doing. And I appreciate you so much and take care. Thank you so much. Thanks, Teachable Podcast. Teachers, creators, love you guys and keep it coming. Thank you again for joining us this week. You can learn more about the Cheryl Porter vocal method and Teachable in the show notes at teachable.com slash EIT29. That's teachable.com slash EIT29. If you are enjoying the podcast, I hope you'll let us know. We love reading through your reviews in Apple Podcasts, and if you have a minute to spare, we'd love to read yours too. You can leave a review at teachable.com slash Apple Podcasts. On behalf of Team Teachable, we hope you enjoyed this episode about vocal coaching with Cheryl Porter. We'll see you in the next episode of Everything is Teachable. This podcast is produced by Teachable, where our mission is to empower creators to transform their knowledge into income. To date, we've helped over 80,000 online business owners build and sell their online courses. And together, they've earned over half a billion dollars and reached over 20 million students. To learn more or to start creating your own online courses for free, visit teachable.com.